0: The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. Is there any more of this tabletop system? Behave yourself, r You're going to get us into trouble. It's alright. You can trust him. He's our new Game Master. He says that he's the listener of a Dark Times podcast, a show about this game. Welcome back to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite translator and interpreter. Ooh,
1: and I'm Steven, your favorite podunk
0: moisture farmer. You do. You put the dunk in podunk, Steven. Ooh, because of my my basketball skills? <laughs> That's why they call him Luke Skywalker. <laughs>
1: When I was a kid, I always thought it was a missed opportunity, and maybe they did do this at one point. I wouldn't be surprised, but I always thought it was a missed opportunity to not like have a Star Wars basketball shoes tie-in and call them like the
0: Skywalkers. Literally, as I said it, I imagined Luke doing the fucking Air Jordans. (laughs) (laughs) Peru, I need money for my new Skywalkers.
1: watched attack of the clones the other night oh yeah yeah
0: what's the the xenosloth review okay so
1: is it still a solid six yeah honestly (laughs) like i i the first half of that movie is really good actually the dialogue is is super clever like anakin is being just the moodiest bitch on the planet because he's really nervous about padme and Mm -hmm. obi-wan is like trying to be so normal about it about everything about this, this. Oh yeah. Protect the center. Like they get a side quest and Obi-Wan's like, okay, yeah. Another Jedi side quest. And Anakin's just bouncing off the fucking walls. Cause he cannot contain. But her. How does this
0: affect my relationship with Padme?
1: Yeah, I mean, that opening elevator conversation is, is straight up that. And Obi-Wan's like, could you chill? We're j- just doing a side quest. And <laughs> you
0: An- haven't seen this girl in six years, dude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Anakin out. opens on the most awkward, like Napoleon dynamite shit. I can't remember exactly what he says, but you know the scene. He's he says, um
0: more beautiful than
1: Yeah, he says, like, you're more beautiful than even in my dreams. And then she like gives him the awkward stare, like, did you really just say that? And then he follows it up with, for a senator, I mean. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? No no fucking riz to be had. Um anyway, I can't really tell when that movie gets bad, but it does. It's definitely sometime
0: before Geonosis. Is it before not just the men, but the women and the children too? It's do, about or? there. It's like when we're at the because Anakin. All right, oh no, no, hear me out here. Anakin like going to the camp and killing the Tusken Raiders is a great scene. I, you mean when I, he's like, I like, think like, it's
1: driving across the desert and it's like sunset on Tatooine and all that.
0: And then it cuts to him to like, he's like, like, well, you don't see it directly, but he's like been cutting him down and shit. Yeah. And he finds his mom. Like, that's a great moment there.
1: I think it starts to fall apart at the lake house. I think that's. If I had to guess. The lake house
0: is pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's full with the CG pair that (laughs) he's too tight
1: dress on Padme (laughs) and that one. And like that in the dungeon when they're in like the pent up sexual frustration dungeon.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. 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 Which is normal in every Naboo residence. Yeah, every Naboo
1: (laughs) Naboo house has one. I played Star Wars Galaxies, okay?
0: (laughs) I don't know why. You just reminded me of a Sam Witwer interview where (laughs) they're talking about like... Don't say that to me. (laughs) I know, right? I can't remember what the context was, but it was something about, oh, Padme meeting Shmi Skywalker in the Clone Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. And they do a really good scene, and Sam was just, like, in the room. Oh, yeah, he's like, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Uh, uh, is it Dave Filoni? Yeah, it's Dave Filoni with the cowboy hat. (laughs) He fact-checks Dave Filoni. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, that's a really good scene, Dave, but we're going to have to do it again. Dave's like, why? What do you mean? It was perfect. He's like, yeah, but they met in episode one, you dumb shit. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like she
0: literally, It's that's one of those things, like, wow, he fact-checked Dave Filoni. I was like, yeah, but also it was the most, like... Like, if you watched episode one, you would know.
1: I'm not sure Padme and Shmi, like, talked, let alone looked at each other.
0: They had dinner together. Oh,
1: yeah. Yep. See, here I, here I am. Here they, I am. They did They did share a meal
0: together. Wow. Look they at that. broke bread, Steven. They did break bread. Or whatever they break on Tatooine. Hearts, Sand. usually. Yeah, hearts. Spirits. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. it's
1: not it's not the Attack of the Clones podcast. It's the Dark uh, yeah, Times yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank
0: God. Too. Well, okay. Well, really quick, what's your favorite scene for Attack of the Clones?
1: Oh, okay. So, I, um, like when they shoot down that Lucre Hulk pod, and like dust goes everywhere, and it's the same droids shooting at clone scene that you'd be getting for the past like the previous eight minutes, but now it's like yeah. dusty, and there's lots of bloom effects, and it's like dark. I, I like that one.
0: Really? It's like a visual thing that you oh, like the fuck most about me. the Clone Wars. And of
1: course, the chase through Coruscant, absolutely, with, that's, with, with Big Sam. up there, yeah, with yeah, Big Sam. That, that's Big what Sam I was Russell. watching the other night, and I was like, wait, I
0: thought this movie was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a cool-ass chase scene in it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well... You know,
1: <laughs> that's like still part of the intro, basically, where it's Anakin and Obi-Wan doing doing their their duty. And oh,
0: then. yeah. And the fucking uh, Obi-Wan goes to meet Dex and yes. that's a great scene. Oh. And then Obi-Wan goes to commit. Kame- oh, the, the archives are incomplete and the news. Like, oh, you fucking dumb shit. <laughs> and then Yoda's like, oh, lost his planet, has he <laughs> And then Obi-Wan's like, well, shit, no one's helpful. So I guess I'll go, I'll just go to the system where there's supposed to be a planet and fucking flip a coin on that shit, basically. Because like, think about it: the, Obi-Wan's looking for one person to be like, yeah, trust me, it exists, bro. Don't waste the fucking six-hour drive. Like, it's, it exists. And he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta get in the fucking, I gotta rent a hyperspace ring. Like, you know how the fuck the bureaucracy, you're laughing so hard. Oh,
1: losing it. Um, no, it's true. I'm also just thinking, like when he gets to Camino, it's really funny because they they they're expecting him. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, hey, "Welcome, dude! You made it." Hey, you want some some sparkling water? We got some fruit laid out. They, they're all like, "Oh yeah, you know." So it's cool. You know, we, we got the we we got the army's almost done cooking. By the way, um, uh, are you 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 got the money and stuff. You ready for that? And everyone's like,
0: "Oh yeah the the army." Yeah, that's <laughs> why we ordered the army. Yeah, um, yeah. And they're like, oh, Obi-Wan, we got these. Oh, the shrimp cocktail's been waiting for like three years, dude. Like, are you <laughs> going to eat this shit or no? <laughs> no? So my favorite scene in Attack of the Clones has to be the reveal where they're like sitting in the hallway and then like the walls like pull away. And it's the the huge like, here's where all the clones are made. Room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then like they're, they're already walking up into the ship and stuff. And I was like, yes, even though it's like. It's one of those things where you can tell it's 100% CG. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, it is. Where would they but find also, that it's many cool people? <laughs> <laughs> where are they going to find that many people to be in a Star Wars film, yeah. let alone for free? Kamina's <laughs>
1: not real, Sam. They had to do CGI. <laughs>
0: it, had to be, it had to be CG because the place doesn't exist. Duh. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, where are they ever going to find a bunch of Star Wars fans to play as uh, background troopers in a scene for a multi million dollar film? Scene? I, I, I can never
1: I, guess. I don't even. I don't even. Thankfully, think that they'll never like do Star that. Wars.
0: Yeah, thankfully they <laughs> do. All right, real quick, do the stormtroopers and the Mandalorian? Did they get paid? Those five hundred first troopers? Um, would, I do don't you know. think it was? I'm they sure was 501st they were guys? paid. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. That's awesome. All the stormtroopers in the first season of Mandalorian, or at least for like the big, the big Moff Gideon reveal, yeah. like at the end of the season or whatever, oh. we're um we're we're five hundred first. That's so cool.
1: We just it is really just cool for the listeners. We're talking about the the cosplay like cherry, yeah, group, not actual five hundred first legion.
0: <laughs> that be Whoa! What the hell? What comic was that revealed in? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's that's sick. I didn't know that. That's really yeah. cool. Well, there goes our trivia for this A lot show. of them.
0: <laughs> I know, right? A lot of well, it's Mandalorian trivia it doesn't count.
1: <laughs> Did you know they filmed the show in front of a big TV?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, because a lot of the the stormtroopers used their own armor that they had made. Oh, that's instead of cost saving, getting prop armor. Yeah, I mean, because they already had it. Yeah, right? might as
1: well. It's, it's and out they there. already it's have
0: trained at acting as yeah,
1: stormtroopers. it's screen accurate. They can stand information. Might as well just. Get the five of the first guys to do it. I, to answer your original question, they probably did not get paid. And if they did, probably not a lot. If I had to yeah. keep a conservative. I, I've, I've done a little movie extra work myself. Um, oh my God. You're a star. Yeah. Um, you know, Hollywood star on the, on the boulevard and all that. And uh, yeah. And Bumblebee. And um, I think I can say that. That's, it's like, that's, that's. that's they didn't they make you sign anything. I, I definitely signed a few things. <laughs>
0: It's not relevant to Star Wars. No one's looking. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit
1: of money in it for me. But um, the the free costuming, like the free, like just a funny lady will deck you out in 80s clothes for, for fun for the movie. Like that was cool. <laughs> and then the catering was really fucking awesome. And um, yeah, there's a little money in it for me, too.
0: They gave you a backstory. They did not. You told me they did.
1: Oh, did. They, what, what did I say?
0: It was like they were like gang. They were like uh, like gang members. Oh, they, they
1: like assigned me an archetype. Oh, an architect. Yeah, I was backstory. a Flock of Seagulls guy. That's funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough. This isn't the, the Zenith Sloth movie trivia podcast. Yeah. It's the Dark Times, a song edition podcast. We have some feedback from last week. Oh, great. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go ahead. Uh, from our editing team uh, over at Little Literalist LLC.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's L-L-L-L-C, by the way. Uh, I've heard a good bit of advice on tools. If there exists an ultra cheap version of a tool, then buy it. If it breaks, then that means you actually use it often enough to justify buying a more expensive version. That is the best advice I've ever heard about tools.
0: We're not even relevant
1: to Saga Edition. Not but even it, close. It tied
0: into our conversation last week about Space Harbor Freight, yeah, which I very much enjoyed.
1: Huh. <laughs> I'm going to keep that in mind next time I'm at, I'm at Home Depot. He continues. My favorite part of that setting, Deathmere, is that using the dark side has immediate physical manifestations, purple veins or blood blisters or something. It basically makes you more ugly, like a traditional witch. So if someone showed those signs and they were exiled from their witch clans, the Night Sisters were exiled witches who decided that instead of reflecting on themselves during their exile and allowing the dark side manifestations to recede, they embraced it and joined together in a new evil clan. That's cool. Yeah, right? I, I I like that, too. The dark side should make you fucking hideous. None of this, like, sexy, demure, d- d- gray Jedi bullshit. Well, you don't like the yellow eyes? I like the yellow eyes, but they, you should also, th- there should be more. Your that dick should straight up fall off.
0: <laughs> what do you think they use to clone more Palpatines? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. He continues once more. Force track is
1: one of my favorite underutilized force powers. It basically gives you one of the most useful aspects of survival, but with none of the negative modifiers for things like hard surfaces, poor vision, rain, etc. Good point. I didn't consider that last week. It has a more limited time frame since the target has to have passed within 24 hours. But it's great if you're in the right general area and just need to pinpoint someone, especially in urban environments where gather information might normally be more appropriate.
0: Interesting. I like that.
1: Oh, and, and he actually, he, yeah, I had a bad feeling about this. And then he he stepped in to correct us, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Lil Literalist says, Charm Beast from the Death Mary Witch Talent Tree was released in the core rulebook before the Charm Beast talent for the Felucia Shaman Talent Tree. We got that backwards last week, Sam. So. Yeah. And also before the Charm Beast talent from the Beast Warden Talent Tree. <laughs> I think that's Jadim. And I think Felucian Shaman is uh Force Unleashed guide.
0: Yes, that's right, actually. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Yes, there are three charm beast talents. All of them do pretty much the same thing. I'll add that flight seems like an amazing talent until you actually read it. You cannot use it for sustained flight. You fall at the beginning of every round. In fact, I feel like that talent needs a force technique to improve it. It absolutely does. Improved force flight is... uh, That's so easy. Why
0: didn't they do it?
1: I don't know. I don't know. They (laughs) got like improved ballistic kinesis. I think.
0: Don't need it. Don't need it. If you're just fucking filling text, baby, just improved force flight.
1: I have to check. It costs a
0: free action to re-up your use of force flight or whatever. Like, that's it.
1: There is such a thing as improved ballistic kinesis.
0: Great. Thanks. <laughs>
1: but no improved force flight. Mm. Probably because it's a talent, not a, not a, um not a, not a power. That's fair. It's not a force power. But it could use an, another talent, just improved flight and then bam, yeah. there you go.
0: That is strange that it's, Technically, it is a, it's a force power as fucking far as I can throw it. But it's a talent, yeah, you know? Like, talent.
1: <laughs> Do you want to hear how bad improved ballistic kinesis is or rather how yeah, not sure. good it is?
0: Sure. If it's the
1: alternative to improved force flight, let's hear it. When you use ballistic kinesis, Legacy Era campaign guide, by the way. Oh, thank God. Yeah. When you use ballistic they wait, kinesis. They waited just long enough. <laughs> You may spend a force point to target a three by three square area instead of a two by two.
0: A force point?
1: Yeah. Spend a force point.
0: That shit's expensive. Granted, that that
1: is like, let's see, I'll do the math in my head. Four plus six plus Like 13 more squares of target area compared to a two by two.
0: (laughs) But a force point? I don't know, man. Wait, how are you getting that math, by the way? A two by two is four squares. Right.
1: Oh shit, you're a, right.
0: A three by three is nine. I was squares. doing math. I was
1: doing the math for a three by three to a four by four, not a two yeah. by two. Yeah, <laughs> okay. thank you. It's
0: like five more squares. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh Jesus, it's really bad.
0: <laughs> Even it's so bad. You know, I would rather save the force point to not die. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, granted, okay, we're we're our standards have changed because we've been kind of pilled with um, daily force points lately, right? We've been loving that. But, well, I've been loving that as a game master. No, it's great. I'm, I love it. Okay, good. It, I, it really sets... Because then it's like... It's the vibe, right? You know?
0: Absolutely. It's very much like, a oh, do you... How badly do you need to not fuck up this skill check right yeah. here?
1: Especially since I usually have you guys going through multiple encounters per day. So it's like... It it works.
0: Yeah. We're not taking fucking power naps in the middle of the day. No.
1: No. You sure aren't. But yeah, if, even if you're at the Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, Force Adap level, whatever you want to say... And have force points to spare. This still is garbage. Anyway, (laughs) it's not the improved ballistic kinesis podcast. Thank God.
0: (laughs) What are we talking about this week, Stephen?
1: So, uh, Sam, I've got a bit of a brain worm. Hold on.
0: You got to leave those on Geonosis where they belong, (laughs) Stephen. Or
1: or rather, because it's the field guide to death, Sam, I've got a bit of an artery worm. Oh, that's one of the beasts in, in the native beast section. Artery worm? Artery worm.
0: That's disgusting. Uh,
1: they're a torture method favored by the Night Sisters of Dathomir.
0: They aren't a fucking pleasure method, that's for sure. <laughs> Involved like.
1: force feeding or injecting the victim <laughs> with liquid containing artery worms. <laughs> when ingested, in artery, an he artery. He was forced wor- to
0: eat artery worms when he was six. <laughs>
1: Anyway, they burrow into your veins and turn them into, quote, molten fire. Ow! it would digest you uh, alive and you would only survive a day.
0: (laughs) That's awful. Was there a cure? Uh, Yes, actually.
1: (laughs) Glad, Glad that you asked. You have to drink a potion containing witch blood, which will purge your body of worms, provided they had not yet reached your heart.
0: I love that's some like high fantasy, like 80s dog pile. So that I love <laughs>
1: the, the night sisters are low key
0: chock full of eighties
1: uh, uh, fantasy, witchy dog pile. As you put it largely because as a, a, a significant sect of night sister lore begins with the Ewoks movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Because one or both, I think I believe the first, if not both of those movies have a, you know, evil witchy eighties fantasy antagonist that was retconned as a night sister.
0: That's incredible. Yes. You know, those are both on Disney plus, by the way, I do know this. They are not front page advertised. <laughs> <laughs> no way. You gotta go digging for the Ewoks movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to spoil something for, about the second Ewoks movie, but I won't. Okay.
0: Well, thank you for not doing so. Go watch it.
1: Yeah. Gang. Or maybe don't watch it yet. Hmm. Put the Whoa. X-Files theme in here, Sam. Do, 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 do. Thank you. We mentioned it last week, Sam. There's an adventure at the back of the Dathomir field guide. It's a map to one Eye Willie's treasure. <laughs> Goonies? <laughs> Remember that Get Goonies board game we played? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Goonies dungeon crawler. I liked it. It was fun. Just a bit repetitive. And I think with it was... By meant-
0: Funko. That's why it was repetitive. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh so yeah i kind of wanted to go through the adventure lightly uh a la the nerf herders daughter
0: yeah nerf rancher but Fuck, yeah i keep doing it <laughs> i love it i like that time that was fun me too that. that was a
1: good episode and it low-key got a lot of people to play the adventure at least two so, and in swissy yeah. numbers that's fucking that's a viral sensation <laughs>
0: yeah out of the five of us yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) but no seriously and and, you know hey maybe maybe people will be encouraged to pick this up and play it when once we once we go through it i I certainly um well let's just get to get to it (laughs) (laughs) so go uh, ahead steven i'll go ahead and just read the adventure outline here what's it called oh it's called the dark world of dathomir
0: Ooh, yeah. I can see this on, like, a 80s movie poster. Right,
1: I can see the font, right, like, right in front of me right now. <laughs> it's described as a mini-adventure designed for fourth-level heroes that involves the Star Temples of the Qua, which you can get more information on what those are, respectively. In the whoa, Deathmere whoa, whoa, guy. Steven.
0: We, we already know. We don't need more info. <laughs> Listen, they, it's such a... Such a large breadth of lore they've covered for the star... What did you say? The star fields of La Croix or the whatever? The star
1: temples of the Qua.
0: Oh, okay. I thought it was the the star flavors of Lacroix or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck.
1: In this scenario, the heroes are enlisted by the Wandering Brook Clan to retrieve their stolen... And this is a word that's in a lot of... That's like all throughout this book. You're just going to have to bear with me. Their stolen mailing slaves... From the <laughs> what quite, was
0: Nubile too much?
1: <laughs> doesn't quite roll off the tongue. The stolen male ling slaves from the marauding Blood Moon Night Sister clan who are using the male lings to excavate and gain entry to the Qua Star Temple. And here's the adventure outline. That was just that was just the intro. Here's the outline. After one of the members of the Wandering Brook Clan discovers that the clan's malelings have inexplicably disappeared from their proximity shield pen overnight, she raises a clarion call to her sister witches and their clan mother, Vicia, or perhaps Vicia. I like Vicia. That's so cool. <laughs> Vicia is way better. Yeah. <laughs> Vicia tasks the PCs with finding the escaped maillings. The heroes. De- I'm not going to get used to saying that fucking word, Sam. I don't know, just say slaves like
0: I don't. Well, I'm sure when they were writing it, they were like, what's the word count on slaves in this, in this yeah, outline? Good,
1: good point. <laughs> the heroes depart from the encampment of the wandering Brook clan into the jungle where they find telltale tracks leading to a Qua Star Temple. Surrounding the temple is an enormous excavation project by a large contingent of night Sisters of the Blood Moon Clan, who are using the stolen mailings to remove an enormous stone slab that has crushed and killed the Knight brother slaves that previously attempted the task and that blocks the entrance to the temple antechamber. I like um. <laughs> <laughs> There's more, but, but but I've got notes. I've got- <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah.
0: What was it the, uh... <laughs> their proximity shield pen. Yeah.
1: The, the mailing (laughs) slaves in the proximity shield pen. Um, I I have a few thoughts and I'm going to finish the outline first, but I have a few thoughts to share as well. Uh, Once the blood moon night sisters manage to open the temple antechamber, they quickly go inside hurting the stolen mailings ahead of them. Inside a qua curatrix is frozen in stasis on a dais where she has remained for a hundred thousand years. Opening the temple begins the deactivation sequence of the stasis chamber and this summons the giant woof a worm guardian from its catacomb fathoms below the pyramid. The heroes must deal with the night sisters, the qua curatrix, for better or worse, and fend off the giant woof a worm guardian. The night sisters want to kidnap the qua and take her back to their encampment along with the mailings they stole from the wandering brook clan and torture her for the secrets of the infinity gates um whoa, yeah, holy shit, yeah, um. <laughs> Talk about Pulp Fiction. Jesus, man. Quite pulpy. Um, I would say that simultaneously, in, in good Pulp tradition, there there is both very little and a whole lot going on in this adventure all at once. I love it. Um, I love it. If for whatever reason, uh, slavery doesn't have a place at your table, this is probably not the adventure for you because it's predicated on the party. I maybe wouldn't go far as to say complicit with slavery. They're like as complicit in slavery as Qui-Gon Jinn is in Phantom Menace. Because <laughs> like if if the party answers the call, say say a night sister puts up a listing on the local Craigslist. Hey, list hey, in the hey, minute. hey. What? Hey, what? Hey, what? what? Steven.
0: What? Hey, Qui-Gon freed one slave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: yeah, a low low bar. <laughs> And there's there's a billion reasons to run this adventure and you could even, you know, tweak the maybe less favorable elements out of it quite easily. But it does start, I want to be clear, with the clan mother putting out an ad for for assistance for getting her mailing slaves back.
0: Maybe the Wandering Brook clan sounds like such a nice name for a clan, right? right? Maybe they're not slaves. Maybe they're like. Like lovers or whatever. Like, what's what's the word looking for? Like
1: lovers you keep in a pen outside of the village.
0: They don't have to be in a pen. They oh, can just true. be kidnapped. Yeah. They can just be.
1: <laughs> and you know that that does have precedent in 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 the the existing lore. Absolutely, they could be their forced husbands.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, forced husbands, Stephen.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, consider tweaking this to fit your table if if you feel it's necessary. If your party's
0: chill with tracking down some slaves, then, uh, hey, use it as a narrative tool. Maybe they decide to free them, yeah, and they send and send them on their way. You yeah. know, oh, you know, you guys were kidnapped, that is suck, and we're saving you, but you don't have to go back, you can yeah. just go do whatever you want. That's perfect. Just because you're including conflict in your campaign does not mean you're endorsing it, no, absolutely not. Unless you start doing things that endorse it, in which case...
1: <laughs> Unless I you start don't. endorsing it. Yeah then, you, yeah, then you've endorsed it. <laughs> so the book, uh, really great. I, I need to... We're, we're poking fun, and I, I do need to take some time. This is clearly a, a work of passion from a fan who was probably a lot like you and me, Sam. I, I mean, he's, yeah. not, he's probably not dead, but...
0: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't assume he was dead. Why didn't you assume such a thing? I did not.
1: But uh, Rob, Rob Shanty here, put a lot of effort into this. And I wanted to celebrate It's a that. product
0: of its time. Absolutely. It's, a its, it's, time.
1: A, it's an old form supplement from like, we couldn't even find the year on this, like probably circa 2010. And we love it for that. And we understand that, you know, something I made today will not look the same in 10 years yeah but uh, sixty seven pages the supplement and and you can just feel the love oozing out of it 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 could have used overall, and I'll talk about this more towards the end. Could have used another pass of of copy editing, maybe some some cleaner jpegs here and there overall fantastic supplement for what it is incredible. The book goes into pretty good detail as to how you can set this adventure up and who is who and what is what um basically. Clan Mothers reaches out for help to the PCs, whoever they may be. There's actually even a lot of good information for implicating the PCs like already on Dathomir, like opening up a broader adventure with this mini adventure, which is, is honestly cool.
0: Oh, that's it. How do they, is it like brief enough to where we can talk about it or is it like. Oh, so yeah, I'll, I'll read this
1: line here. Uh, this year convenes a meeting of the PCs, whomever they may be, favored, capable mailings who have proven themselves in the past and were separately kept from the stolen slaves, fellow witches of the coven or of an allied clan, or hired off-world mercenaries. Oh, interesting. The pivotal uh, and story-centered Qua curatrix as well, they they also have a little sidebar here that proposes that character be a player character, that, that the party is either saving or... Uh resurrecting or rescuing something like that.
0: That's that's a that's wild. Yeah, I, I like it.
1: Yeah. Right. So you, first off, what do you do when you're on Dathomir and something's gone missing? You track it. DC 15 survival <laughs> check to track. And that sets you along the first encounter for this mini adventure. There is a custom skill challenge for overland <gasps> travel. Yes. Yes. And it was clearly made with loving attention to the creative skill challenge rules. Hell yeah. It's a CL three skill challenge has complexity of one. You must get five successes before the skill DCs degenerate to 34. And we'll describe what that means in just a sec. The suggested skills for this encounter are the likes of endurance, knowledge, life sciences, physical sciences, perception, survival. Interesting typo here in the book as well. It's definitely supposed to say 26, The knowledge and survival check DCs are 76, which you could not hope to get ever. Get
0: good scrub. Yeah.
1: And this also has some of my favorite challenge effects. There's the degenerating challenge effect. Uh, Each failure increases the DC of all skill checks. So like a 16 endurance check becomes a 21 if you say fail your life sciences check. And the survival check, which is almost certainly meant to be 26, goes to a 29. So what the uh, five successes before no skill DCs below 34 means is that you must get five successes before one of these DCs decays or degenerates up to 34, which I think is a minimum of looks like four failures. Assuming you're attempting the hardest ones first. Heck yeah. Pretty, pretty decent, pretty easy. There's also extreme success here. If you succeed a skill check by 10 or more, you get two successes instead of one here. Take a look. (laughs) Take a look at this super failure condition here, Sam. If the heroes (laughs) occur enough failures to shift all skill DCs to 34, they fail the challenge and become lost in the wilds of Dathmir, potentially prey for any native fauna. Each hero also loses one second wind and gains a persistent condition that can be removed only by eight hours of rest As long as the persistent condition remains, the heroes lose one second wind each day.
0: That's like, you got to be really unlucky to fail this, right? Yes,
1: you would have to be remarkably unlucky to get lost in in the woods and become a rancor food and lose your second winds. (laughs) This is a great example of the skill challenge creation rules. I I, I think this was done with with love and respect for them. It's a good fit for the setting. Also, if you want a simpler approach or just, you know, a different one. Consider the official Overland Travel Skill Challenge from uh, Galaxy of Intrigue.
0: It's a, a a hot favorite here on the Dark Times podcast.
1: Yes, yes. We love, love, love Galaxy of Intrigue and the skill challenges therein.
0: All right, Steve, we succeeded. succeed, I've rolled all my survival checks or whatever, life sciences, whatever the fuck you want to roll. Yes,
1: you've made it through and the muck. And I've
0: made it. I've made it to the edge of the temple.
1: Okay, good. We're at the edge of the temple. And now there's the second encounter for the adventure called Sentinels at the Border. Through one way or another, the party becomes aware of a group of Sisters of Vorator up ahead. You ever, you ever hear of the Sisters of Vorator?
0: No, not familiar.
1: The Sisters of Vorator, reading from the Dathmir Field Guide, were tasked to guard the borders of Night Sister Lands on Dathmir. They kept Vorator lizards as pets and helpers and are also deadly rancor riders and spear fighters. They're able to blast their opponents with, you guessed it, Sam, force blast. that's great Uh, so yeah this is a cl4 enemy and there's three of them according to the book you can sneak around them you could try though you might struggle because these vorators are quite good don't expect much from the sister of the vorator stat block it is just a cl5 like force wizard with you know it's it's your average force adept beast commander basically she's got all the beast talents and she's got spears and Yeah, she's got Force Blast and Dark Rage. Heck yeah. Oh, and Trample. Don't forget Trample. She's got Trample for trampling you. Now, the real star of this encounter is the Vorator Lizards. These are CL7. Uh, A Vorator Lizard was an aggressive, poisonous reptile found on Dantooine and Dathomir. The average Vorator was two meters long with a fan-like dorsal spike. When one decided to... attack, yeah! Yeah, right? I love fan-like dorsal spikes. Woo! When one decided to attack, it charged its target with incredible speed. Vorator lizards were the mounts of the Night Sister sentries, known as the Sisters of the Vorator. It's a quick, tough creature with a nasty poison bite. This thing's got like eight squares of movement and like a plus 14 initiative. It's far more dangerous and admittedly interesting than their riders. Uh, the poison ability is as such if the bite attack deals damage to a living target, the target is also poisoned. If the poison succeeds on an attack roll, 1d20 plus 8 against the target's fort defense, moves down one step on the condition track, and attacks each round until cured with a DC-15 treat entry check.
0: Wait, so how many lizards are in this encounter? Three. And they're CL-7? Yes. So, wait. If you're keeping <laughs> up, Steven, Sam, My math's not checking out here. You said
1: this is a level 4 adventure? This is a level 4 adventure. And we're looking at an encounter with three cl4 enemies and three cl7 enemies so um this has become from this point forward this is a problem with uh <laughs> <laughs> with this mini adventure um I, I it's another thing i when i was talking about earlier how this the supplement probably could have used a, another round of of copy editing if it even got the first one Th- this is not a balanced adventure in in, in at all like, like not even in the, oh, kind of eyeballed, like swissy sort of way. No, no. Like he says, the author opens up with this being a adventure for level four heroes. There is three CL7, three CL4 enemies here. Not even in the core rule book is that a balanced encounter. And the core rule book tells you to, hey, just do your best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Could the four be a typo? Possible. I mean, if he meant to hit nine <laughs>
1: <laughs> then yeah well the numerals look very similar steven i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so um I, i've got something to help us here sam i've got this little lens that i like to look through at times um it's a okay. uh, it's it's a tool you're familiar with it is uh Nietzsche's encounter xp budget designer ah and so i and again like this is one guy on the internet's take on encounter building versus another guy's take, like that. Like keep that in mind. These are not compatible methods or supplements. These are two different perspectives on counter building and swissy I want to make sure that's clear before people accuse me of of being unfair because I'm really trying not to be. But this is a metric that has worked really well for me. That is Nietzsche's encounter XP budget, and so far has been rock solid, reliable on predicting exactly how hard an encounter will be. So. I ran the numbers on three CL4 enemies and three CL7 enemies. Sam, this is a fair encounter for a level nine party of four. It's a lot more levels than four. It's a lot more levels than four. This is a difficult challenge for a level six
0: party of four players. So it's not even close to feasible. No. This is a TPK for a level four party of players. You would be correct. This
1: very much is. So... Listeners, I wanted to tell you at the top, but decided to hold it off till the the, the middle back end of this. This is not a CL four adventure by any means at all. Like that, you should just ignore that. I would put it uh, seven at the bare minimum, uh, seven to nine, uh, seven to ten. Yeah, really. you'll see as we move on to the next encounter why I I have I recommend it so much higher than the author
0: insists. Um. All right, Stephen. Well, I've I've killed three Vordor lizards with my bare hands. Good. And I'm down. I'm I'm definitely down two steps in the condition track. I've yes. lost my second win at this point. Yes. What other shit have you have for me to go through? So I love
1: this final encounter. And I also do not love this final so what, no,
0: so, what happens story beat wise, though? So, yeah, so
1: you either make your way past or defeat the Sisters of Orator and you continue along to the Star Temple. And just like in the adventure overview, you witness a large contingent of Night Sisters hanging out around this Qua temple. They're kind of like sci fi pyramids. And there's the stolen mailing slaves. They're being forced against their will to move this big stone slab off of the temple. Uh, Literally. Lifting rocks. Yeah, lifting (laughs) rocks. The adventure encourages you to describe the broken corpses of the Knight Brothers that were crushed beneath the slab that failed to lift it the first time. So keep note of that. It also gives you a quick quip as to what to do and, and what to roll if a PC becomes enslaved. It just says roll an endurance check, and if you fail, you're down one step on the condition track.
0: (laughs) I'm just thinking, like, how'd they get there? I guess, you know what? I could see this as, um, depending on how you run it as a GM, that first, that second encounter being like, oh, they took out one of the party members, and now they're taking them back to the camp. Like, that's a feasible party of level four characters. Maybe... But honestly, Night Sisters, they, they could take you out if they wanted to. It like, does actually <laughs>
1: say exactly that in the book for that second encounter that the Night Sisters of Ortor will attempt to take the PCs alive, disarm them, and bring them as slaves to the excavation site, but will kill the heroes if necessary. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here at the Star Temple. This next segment of the adventure is called Raiders of the Star Temple.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: So. Basically, the party's expected to ditch right on up to the excavators and be like, Hey, you can build the Lego Star yeah. Temple. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the the Night Sisters get in pretty much as soon as the party arrives, the slab is lifted off, and the Night Sisters force the mailings in. And that's when all hell breaks loose. So, listener, have a seat. Look, uh, you, you want a Manhattan? I make a pretty good Manhattan.
0: You, you don't listener, drink? We- that's fine? That's okay. We lied to you. Yeah. We brought you here and we told you we were going to cover a passionate adventure one shot for you and your friends. That's not what we're here to do. So. Do you have you have
1: your drink? You're sitting down. Okay, good. The author, Bob Shanty, does not describe the number of combatants in this final encounter. He provides a really cool map. You'll see it in the book. It's a really cool map. I love this map. He just says, let's see here. What, what are the words exactly? I want to get it exactly right. Those among the remaining Night Sisters who are combatants may be portrayed with the Night Sister Hunter stat block. Okay. We don't know how many, but there's Night Sister Hunters in this encounter. Great. That's one. That's a CL3 stat block. Hey, that sounds like a good MOOC for a a level four adventure. Don't you think Sam? God, no. (laughs) Okay. Um, the next enemy that is in this encounter. Oh, um, it's the giant woofa worm and it's going to come up through a hole in the floor. Five rounds in, this is the main defense system of this ancient temple is the giant waffle worm. Mm -hmm. The giant waffle worm. Sam is a CL 10 enemy.
0: Hmm. Well, maybe it attacks the Night Sisters too. It does. It does. Okay. Okay.
1: It does. It, it's very clear. It actually provides great detail as to the behavior of the Waffle Worm. Also, the author optionally recommends representing indirectly, uh, basically Zoom calling in via a crystal ball, a generic Night Sister clan mother, a CL 15
0: enemy. What, like, just there, or, yes. or what? That, as that a... casting
1: spells from her crystal ball.
0: That's insane. So,
1: we, let's run down the enemies one more time. A unspecified number of CL3 mooks, a giant waffle worm, and a night sister mother. CL10, CL15, respectively.
0: So it's challenging.
1: The adventures in the official books are pretty bare bones, but this is a whole new level. Really cool map, though. So, dear listener, I'm sorry. I could not help myself. I had to step in here.
0: You couldn't keep your dirty fucking paws off this goddamn adventure, Steven. You had to muck it up with your all your little Xena sloth hands, get all over the little stat blocks and all over the fucking adventure, and you had to muck it up in your own little fucked up way, didn't you? It's true. It's true. But
1: <laughs> I only used stat blocks from the supplement itself. So, giant waffle worm, CL10 two night sister shamans or sha women in this case <laughs> fuck off that's good <laughs> and three night sister warriors well for CL10 the shaman are CL7 the warriors are CL6 this is a challenging encounter for a level 9 party challenging hard to epic for a level 6 party it's like hard and a half it's like halfway between hard and epic
0: on the numerical yeah. scale so good luck. This is tough. Can we talk about the waffle worm? I'd love. To yeah, hear wh- more about what's the what's waffing you? What is the reflex defense? The health pool? The, att- the like the base attack damage? I want to know. About so this glad Wuffle you worm. asked. The waffle
1: worm is a huge beast. Ten. It's got a reflex defense of nineteen.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: Yeah. Fortitude seventeen. Will of eleven. Hundred and fifteen HP. What the fuck? A bite attack of 14 or uh, plus 14, 2d6 plus 12 damage or plus 18 to hit 2d6 plus 17 damage with powerful charge. It's got a reach of 2 squares. It has crush, devour pin power attack and powerful charge.
0: It has grapple? It has, gra- it has grapple. It's a shit too? And it has devour oh as well. Oh god. Yeah. It's got devour? It has devour. <laughs> yeah.
1: Interesting thing. There's also the giant Waffle Worm Temple Guardian variant, which is a CL 13 and adds three levels of soldier.
0: (laughs) Why would we want the (laughs) Steven. Yeah. Yeah. 150 hit points.
1: 115. One, one, five.
0: 115. That's still bad. Yes. 19 reflex defense for a huge creature. That's insane. Yeah.
1: Um. Yes.
0: Natural armor? Is that why? Or? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. I'm not happy. Yeah. um,
1: I I don't know. I don't think this guy ran this encounter. I don't think it's based off of anything he did in actual play. I sure hope so. I, I can I tell you what, Sam. I hear the guy right now who always, anytime encounter building is the subject, like thoughtful, well-balanced encounter building is, is the topic at hand. There's always that one guy who's like... Yeah, I don't really balance my encounters. I kind of just throw it in on the fly. You know, I wing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if I down two people with one attack, then that's just the sort of GM I am.
1: You know, it's just
0: the sort. I told them when we were going in that this is not a narrative game. Yeah, this, this is. is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a harsh war gamer, and I will throw the entire. Fucking planted at you.
1: Same guy wonders why he can't get anyone to come back for a second. Why doesn't anyone
0: session? stay at my Hi, I've been running a game for three months, but I can't get any players to stay. Every game I run just fizzles out. I don't, I don't balance my encounters by the way. And it's like, I've only, I've also only ever played D D first edition yeah. and saga edition. <laughs> and I've got, I've got 20 years experience and risk. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, so the, I, I wanted to praise the map a little bit more, big, cool, blue temple with a sick diaz in the center. And like a, I can only assume like a waffle worm motif in the center of the floor. There's oh, a yeah. big black pit where the waffle worm comes out of, uh, right there in the center. There's also goo oozing from the diaz that's, uh, uh snaking and flowing all around the map. And that's difficult terrain. It specifies.
0: Oh, that's the worm pit. that. <laughs> <laughs> Wormo's standard for the temple <laughs> so
1: yeah the the qua curatrix and an ancient uh magician sort of thing guardian of the infinite infinity stones infinity gate infinity gates they're melting out of stasis waffle worm in five rounds the night sisters are trying to get the qua because they want the secret to the infinity gate but they're stopped by the worm party's mixed up in all this If you save the Qua, it says you've gained a powerful ally. If you're captured alive by the Night Sisters, you will be enslaved. Their escape from (laughs) captivity may be a separate adventure of its own. And that's it. That's the end of the book. That's the end of the whole supplement. Then there's there's an index at the end.
0: Is there a section where it's like what to do if you get swallowed whole by this giant worm thing that's going to fuck your level four party up?
1: The Devour Beast trait doesn't even tell you what happens if that happens. Like, (laughs) come on.
0: It's implied. It, yeah. g- it gives you a fucking dragon's lair, like animated death screen. <laughs> You'll recall
1: this, Sam, because it happened to us twice at the table. The devour thing usually cannot kill players because you're <laughs> unconscious in the belly and the devour ability trait only deals damage that usually isn't enough to kill a high level player. So
0: you kind of just fester in there. But stomach acid deals damage, Stephen. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't. <laughs> not enough to kill. not enough to kill
1: but man yes my advice no wait wait what what? objection Uh
0: you're probably suffocating
1: oh oh that's a good point forgot about that
0: yeah no it's okay it's not that doesn't say it on the fucking sheet so i wouldn't blame you for forgetting it but you're probably suffocating inside someone's tummy (laughs) that's a good point that's a really good point
1: so yeah that's that's um that that's the dark world of dathomir um, this last encounter needs help. You can take my suggestions. You can not, you can do something entirely different. There's definitely a lot of room <laughs> to do your own thing in this encounter.
0: Yeah. Regardless, I think it's a, the field guide's awesome. Oh, it's I, so cool. All the stuff we covered last week was, all, we didn't even cover everything. There's still so much more shit. There's so much more equipment that's in there. That's really cool.
1: Yes. The night sister bloodline skull.
0: There's like three other species that we didn't cover, yeah. also, right? There's, there's, like play, there's two, playable species in here that aren't just straight up fucking Death Nightsisters. Night Sisters. It's yeah.
1: crazy. Yeah, there, there's Qua. There's uh, the Reptoids.
0: There's near humans. There's far humans. <laughs> and everything in between. Everything in between. go, Go 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> <Jalab-a-ram-nub>. <laughs> this is uh the break the dark, dark times. times it's the break of the dark, dark times, times. <laughs> uh this is the break this is the part of the show where we thank you your listener and thank you Stephen.
1: yes uh thank you sam you put so much work into this show and and god they just they tear you up in in, <laughs> in, the, in the private channels on the discord server that you're not in
0: Oh, uh, wait.
1: Yeah. Oh God, man. There's. Oh. I was at
0: hates your podcast Island and everyone was there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm the, I'm the admin of the, of the Sam hate discord server. And we just have a great time. It's more active than any, of uh, any Swiss server or something. Um, and we just, we just love ripping into you in there. And it's, it's a good time. Shout out to the, I hate Sam, uh, discord server.
0: <laughs> How can people support the show? <laughs>
1: Speaking of supporting the show, uh, this show would not happen without yours support. That is, and
0: <laughs> what is you AI Please generated? Like- Please keep that in.
1: <laughs> there's a billion ways to support the show, and if you're listening right now, you're already doing the easiest one. Uh, we are so grateful to have your guys's attention and time in this wide world. When there's like, the, the, you know, my dad always tells me, you know, because you know the, the good old days or whatever. But he, he always tells us like we're so lucky these days. Because we have so much just shit that we can listen to or read or, or do. There's just never a shortage of on-demand entertainment, which is, is is like our parents' generation's dream come true. Yeah, back then they only had three channels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and snow both ways and all that. But, you know, you guys choose to make us part of your week, your day, whatever that is, whether it's part of your commute or if you're just chilling. Um, we're or happy. part of your
0: session prep. You yeah, know.
1: yeah. We're we're just happy to be here with you, love and swissy, because hey, it's a labor of love. Someone has to, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> someone has to still like the system. It's a labor of love, but that love comes at a price. And that price is our hard work and determination.
1: Yeah. And speaking of price, if you wanted to send us, you know, money, you know, we're we're a bit of a PBS situation here. We're supported by viewers like you. There's hosting costs. There's feeding Sam. I'm I keep them locked up in my basement with nothing but a. <laughs> Windows XP uh, computer and can a CS2 I, can I see copy the sun of
0: day, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, folks.
1: Sometimes they Master forget their has place. I'm giving podcast.
0: Stephen, you said something about money and them supporting us with it. Yes, if you want to support
1: the podcast monetarily and keep us on air, you can make a modest five dollar contribution each month. Or $10 contribution each month. Doing this for three months will get you a sticker or a shirt and sticker, respectively. You can also access exclusive content on our Patreon, which includes maps, uh, quick start Swissy supplements, just a page that, like a, a, a noob guide to Swissy, basically. Want to get your friends in the game quick? Hand them this. It's a two page document. Well, actually, it depends on the character.
0: No, it's about they're about two pages or so. On I'd average. say two physical pages, but front and back, some of them. So yeah, yeah. You know what? They're a hell of a lot easier to read than the fucking fifth edition uh, ones. That's for sure. <laughs> Damn right. I'll, I will fucking die on that cross. <laughs> <laughs> and there's maybe some exclusive content upcoming
1: to our Patreon soon. You never know. We did announce our hiatus. The 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 darkest summer. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll be off the air uh, July through August. But we'll we'll be popping on the Patreon just a little bit just to keep you guys, you know, sated. You're, you're giving us money. After all, we might as well give you something. Yeah. If you'd rather support the show in other ways, you can tell a friend, tell your party, tell your game master. Uh, shoot us a message on Discord, an email, darktimeswissy.gmail.com. Nope. Darktimeswissy at gmail.com. You can. We love to hear episode feedback. We accept submissions for the show. And uh, patrons also get to vote on our periodical build showcases where Sam and I showcase uh, builds that we received that fit a specific theme and the patrons get to choose their favorite.
0: And no matter what, the plethora of stat blocks provided by... Me, Stephen, and the rest of the Dark Times and Saga Edition community in general are always free to access through our, our Google Drive. There's a link. They're linked all over the place. In any episode we talk about a stat block, it's linked there. Yes,
1: and you can. It's a, It's a, That's that's the. That's the secret of the build showcase. We actually we don't even really like competition that much. We just want to generate a a lot of high quality Swissy stat blocks in 2023. Which thanks to you guys,
0: we have. The real winner is you, listener. You get to take any of these stat blocks for your game and use them. Always has been. Just change the name.
1: (laughs) No, keep Green Doug. Green
0: Doug. (laughs) We haven't made a stat block for green. Oh, that's dog, right.
1: Huh? I was thinking of Thin Mungo.
0: Patreon exclusive. <laughs> thin mo- Yeah,
1: Thin Mungo is a classic. We got to redo. Like, forget these. What are these lame ass starter builds we made? Can we just throw them all out and do like the Condalorian Thin Mungo? Um, Someone made the Condalorian, remember? Oh, yeah, we do have the Condalorian stat of that. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I, to I to go have go an back idea,
0: we need to dip back into the dark times, canon characters that we've created. We do. There's some that I that I feel like we should go back to. That's great, Green Dog Man. Oh. Green fucking. Do Doug. you remember in in that um in that Black Sun campaign I was running for you guys? There was a a purple Rodian named Juice. Oh yeah, Juice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, didn't Juice. speak
0: a didn't speak a lick of basic and just handed you his business card and you're like, okay, thanks, Juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't he just like. Did you just kind of hang around like <laughs> he was a pod racer mechanic but that's like also right. he ended up getting a job on the the black sun uh like that's ship right that he, he helped us out on, on the
1: at the pod racing encounter and then we saw him later on the black sun slave it's called the the ship. empty
0: sun the casino ship or yeah, something like that something cool sun. like that that was really the cool yeah i missed that adventure man uh, me too man <laughs> <laughs> but we're running a star wars game right now i don't want to we can't double dip the star wars i'd love we to bring it back after zero distance Actually, I'd love I'd love to do Pathfinder 2nd Edition <laughs> again. <laughs> Once
1: CD is over with, I will be taking a probably a short break and then right into P2E and then after that whatever that is, that'll be the Wyvern Squadron
0: epilog, I think. Mm, 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 mm. Really quick listener before we send you back out into the podcast sphere that we call life. You can review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your shows. I'd you know what would make my day? Another Apple podcast review. Cause we've got three on there and they're great, but I'm a greedy little bastard and I want more.
1: <laughs> you can do uh, five stars on Spotify too. Like 40 of you guys already have. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, But no so one's much. told
0: us they've done it. So we can't shout you out. If so, you do it, tell us, shout you out. Yes, please, please. But for now we send you back out with a plum, a plum, a plum. I don't you like, know, plums. You, no, not a plum. I know. Bomb. I
1: was telling a joke
0: With self-confidence or assurance Especially when In, in a demanding situation I know
1: <laughs> Steven Page 7 of the Dathomir Field Guide First mention of Horse
0: <laughs> No Not the horses Are the horse? They're not horses in uh, Episode 9 are they They're like no, weird they're other dumb. things No <laughs> they're uh, Did you want them to just be horses? Because I think that would be worse. Personally, I don't know. The horse is a CL1 large beast. Three. <laughs>
1: uh, it's on. It shares a page with the adult gaping spider and the gibbet bird.
0: The adult gaping spider shouldn't be sharing a page with anybody personally. You just do that in the privacy of your own home. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven, I brought us something. Well, no, I didn't. Uh, our listeners brought us something Oh, I love when this happens. Yeah. Zoe Krolak has brought us a beast captured between the the pages of this field guide called the Footnute. Oh. <laughs> it took me a couple read-throughs to be like, "Oh, it's a pun." Yeah. Uh yeah, the Footnute. The Footnute is an aquatic beast that is usually found on the bottom of streams and marshes on numerous worlds. Their bite while not painful is venomous and can result in incapacitation of the target. They usually wait in shallow water for their prey, but will attack intruders if startled. Their mottled skin and tiny size makes them hard to detect. While slow on land, they are good swimmers and can hold their breath for up to three hours. Wow. I love salamanders and newts. The, <laughs> the foot newt is a tiny beast three. Got initiative of plus four, perception of plus six. Languages, none. Obviously, it's a newt, Steven. They don't speak... <laughs> You I idiot. love this.
1: Zloy wrote none, obviously. No, I wrote that. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Good. <laughs> they got 19 hit points, speed of three squares, a swim speed of six squares. The, they have a melee attack, a bite with minus one to hit, 1d3 minus three <laughs> damage.
1: Oh, look out, guys. <laughs> Wait, it can't deal yes. any damage.
0: Yes, Steven, that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> Special qualities, amphibious, low light vision, and poison. Da, 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 da. Poison. Whoa. Bell Biv was, DeVoe, um, now you know.
1: It was Bruno Mars.
0: No! It was Bell Biv DeVoe. Sorry,
1: I, I got tricked by the sample. You're right.
0: I know. They have the feet dodge and skill training perception, and they have stealth plus 19 from their size.
1: Yo, dodge. Imagine you're just walking in the marsh and you almost step on these guys and he fucking like frame perfect dodges out of (laughs) the (laughs) way. Fucking wave dashes.
0: Nope. Nope. (laughs) Just try to grab it with your bare hands. (laughs) Poison. The foot newt delivers poison through a bite. If the foot newt deals damage to a living. Wait a minute. (laughs) Living target, the target is also poisoned. If the poison succeeds on an attack roll 1d20 plus 10 against the target's fortitude defense, the target moves minus one step along the condition track. A target moved to the bottom of the condition track by the poison is immobilized, but not unconscious. Horrifying.
1: It's got a stronger poison attack roll than the uh, big lizard from earlier in the episode.
0: Well, they say the smaller ones are more dangerous. Oh, that is how that tends to work with like spiders, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, cuz of um well, I'm not going to launch into a evolutionary biology lecture right now.
0: You're the one who wasted your time with a biology degree. Don't make me pay for it.
1: <laughs> Are you implying something about the fact that I've done nothing professionally with my degree?
0: You a professional pain in my ass. <laughs> That
1: didn't require a degree, though. I'll have you know, um, they pay me a lot of money to wash dishes all day.
0: <laughs> the poison attacks each round until cured with a successful DC-15 treat injury check. DC-15 knowledge life science check to recognize the foot newt is venomous. And a DC-20 to recognize the foot newt's habitat. Oh. Water, wet places. Yeah, I feel like that
1: shouldn't be that hard.
0: Marshy. <laughs> well, Stephen, I've met some stupid people in my time. <laughs> Um, a DC fifteen treat injury to treat poison trained only. It requires a medical kit. My,
1: because I knew we were doing the foot newt all day. Yeah. Um. Today and the uh, whole day at work in my 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 uh, my head. I'm just going foot newt.
0: <laughs> Tiny <Look> bees <beast> at- <laughs> three. <laughs> Look newt <nude>. foot newt. <laughs> Kick off your foot. <laughs> Don't let it get in your shoe. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> My only, I'm going to chalk this up to Zloy Krolik's typoing. 1d3 minus 3, Steven, means this thing cannot deal damage, so which means it cannot poison anyone because it can't deal damage. I feel like I feel like physical attacks can
1: deal one damage minimum, but I also feel like I'm making that up. That's unarmed attacks. Is that, I don't
0: think that's physical attacks.
1: It's, this is an unarmed right? attack. It's a bite attack.
0: Is it though? I mean, I guess it's unarmed technically, but Yeah, it's, think, not, it's not like a fist attack. You oh, know?
1: no. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it definitely should at least be able to deal one damage on a hit.
0: I'd say one D3 minus you. two just to make yeah. it like, oh, like it attacks. But I love it because it'll try and hit you and it'll, it won't deal any damage. It'll be like, oh, it's fucking harmless. And then it hits you once and you just fucking get knocked out by poison.
1: Really funny. That's how <laughs> That's that true. shit works. Trust me. I know a few. Yeah. Needs. Um, <laughs> yeah. someone cook up. Can we get the elite, like the CL9
0: elite uh, foot newt swarm, please? Leg newt. The <laughs> leg newt. I was going to say your father was a good newt <laughs> and a good friend. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lloyd, for sending that. in. if you have a stat block or hazard or anything you want to send into the Dark Times of Saga Edition podcast, you can email it to us. Darktimes, SWSE at gmail.com. Steven. Huh. Stephen I have something for you
1: Oh no I'm fucking scared man
0: <laughs> It's time for everyone's favorite game On the show name that NPC Or I literally kill you This uh, is a show within the podcast Where Stephen has three guesses To guess the stat block I'm describing uh... With each guess is paired a yes or no question uh... If Stephen fails all three guesses He is killed on sight by my army Of footnotes, <laughs> and I will be looking For a new host in the coming months This one comes from me directly Steven. Oh, boy. And we're going back into the realm of starships. Okay. Let's name that starship or I literally
1: can't. Is this a named starship?
0: Nope. Oh, man. Huge starfighter. CL7. Defenses. Reflex defense 15. Fortitude 22. Plus three armor. Vehicular combat. 60 hit points. DR of 10. Damage threshold of 32. As a fly speed of 16 squares at character scale. Five squares to Starship scale. Maximum velocity of 1,200 kilometers an hour. Laser cannons, plus six. It's got a three-by-three three fighting space at character scale and one square at Starship scale, and also provides the total cover. The attack options we're looking at. Laser cannons for the pilot. It's plus six, plus one for auto fire. Damage, 40, 10 times two. Crew, one. Skilled crew quality. Passengers, none. Buzzing at any time, Steven. Availability Go ahead. No, I want to hear the availability. Availability military. It's a TIE Fighter. It's a TIE Fighter, Steven, you got it. <laughs> Do not adjust your dials, listener. That was not a, a fetch. These are actual TIE fighters in the studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's a TIE fighter, Steven. I figured you'd get this one. I figured it was a nice, good one. But I've I stared it was... at the
1: stat block so many times. <laughs>
0: yeah. I figured it was just ambiguous enough, but also something super specific that I was like, no way he fucks this one up. It was
1: really <laughs> ambiguous because I was like, CL7 huge starfighter. That's, there's like at least. That's like all of them. Yeah, there's like six of those at least. Um, But then one one crewmate, one laser cannon, I was like, I know, I know this stat block. I I've <laughs> looked at this stat block far too many times.
0: Yeah, you should have this one memorized by now. <laughs> I do actually
1: have the attacks and defenses memorized because it made running a starfighter campaign easier.
0: <laughs> That's great. That's great, buddy. That's awesome. Steven, do you have any trivia for us this week?
1: Uh, yes. Did you know the behind the scenes working title of Attack of the Clones was Jar Jar's Big
0: Adventure? <laughs> No, it wasn't. No, don't say that. Was it really? <laughs> I have no source,
1: but it's on IMDb.
0: Misa Speeder. Me- <laughs> J- fucking Jar Jar's Big Adventure, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's crazy. Here's some, uh,
1: that was, you know, the working title, I think, is generous here. I think that's what a few people behind the scenes called it as a joke. I, I, like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that
1: qualifies as a working title IMDb, but yeah.
0: One dude said it off, like, a fan suggested the name, and then one dude shrugged it off offhand, and then they took that as fucking gospel. Yeah. It was, like, the lighting, it was, like, best boy on the fucking set. Um, He's like, I don't know, yeah, sure, whatever, kid. <laughs> <laughs> is it, hi, Mr. Best Boy, uh, Mr. ILM Best Boy, is if, it true that the <laughs> second Star Wars movie is called Jar Jar's Big Adventure... <laughs> Okay, get out of here! <laughs> I'm
1: trying so to roll a joint, funny. damn it! <laughs> um, oh, I I got some trivia about me and Attack of the Clones.
0: Yeah, so let's hear it.
1: I always thought like the popular thing is that Jar Jar gives the deciding vote to give Palpatine emergency powers to raise an army, right? Yeah, it's the, that's not it. No, he he drafts the amendment and makes the proposal to give Palpatine emergency powers. It's far worse than the deciding vote. <laughs> And it's so fucking funny. I love Ian McDermott so much because in, in the scene prior to Jar Jar giving Palpatine emergency powers, Palpatine like looks really like, mm.
0: but what Senator would propose such a radical <laughs> amendment? They'd have to be so brave and strong. <laughs> if only Padme were
1: here, I bet she would do it, wouldn't she? And
0: then- <laughs> Douche, I know, and it pans
1: to Jar Jar like, like putting two and two together. Like, wait, I'm brave, I'm I'm Padme's proxy while she's away at her (laughs) lake retreat.
0: Like, she would love it if I did this. Yeah, this would be (laughs) perfect. Fast forward to This Is How Liberty Dies. Yep, (laughs) that's so fucking. Jar Jar drafted the amendment. Did, did drafted to the just amendment have
1: someone help him or I, like- he must have had C3PO help him or something? Actually, no, Three PO was still on Tatooine. He must have had uh I don't know, Chat <laughs> GPT help him out or something.
0: <laughs> Chat 2G2. Two, two.
1: Chat 2G2. P2T2.
0: P2 D2 T2. Oh, that's great. Wow, Jar Jar drafted. You know what? How many Gunkins can you say drafted an amendment? I don't want to say. I got you there. I got you there. I won, Stephen. This was a this was a debate and I won just now.
1: Oh, I see.
0: As every conversation between Star Wars nerds is. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Let's wrap this the shit up. The Dark Times. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm doing it. The Times. The Dark Times is produced and edited by me, Sam Stevens, my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us Dark SWSE at DarkTimesSWSE gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your shows. Tell someone you told us about the show or tell a friend about the show. Tell your table about the show and tell us you told them. We'll shout you all out in the show. Uh Steven, do you
1: have a quote for us this week? You call this a diplomatic solution? No, I call it aggressive
0: negotiations. Ah, classic, classic, classic. Classic. This is, um, that's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, right? Uh, No, is that Anakin Anakin and Padme? That's a, but that's a reference though, right? Like, they're like, it's a callback. It callbacks to a
1: previous conversation between them in the same movie.
0: Oh, okay. It's still them. We open up
1: mid-conversation on CGI pair scene. Anakin says, when I got to them, that's when we got into aggressive negotiations. Padme says, aggressive negotiations. What's that? Anakin says, ah, well, it's negotiations with a lightsaber.
0: Good night, everybody. Good night. All right. This is the Dark Time Podcast. The podcast.